You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, hour number two already. And let's start it off with Captain Lynn Smith down in Port O'Connor. We just call it POC. What's up, Lynn? Man, just the wind. That's it. Uh, yeah. Boy, these last two days have been brutal, haven't they? <laughs> I tell you. Kind of, kind of been blowing, but boy, it's nice to have some fall weather, isn't it? Finally. Man, it felt good, didn't it? Yeah, it is. I tell you. I tell you, these last two days, uh, I, I wore a jacket on the water. I guarantee you. <clears throat> but uh, I, I loved it. I mean, you know, we had bull tides and, and uh, strong winds. Well, you know, I stayed back in the lakes chasing redfish. Right. Uh, and uh, we did good. Great. We did good. Caught a lot of redfish. And uh, uh day before yesterday, Friday, we... Uh, I had a, a guy and his wife, and we we just got back in the lakes and, and drifted and threw topwaters and uh, and caught a lot of fish. We did, but um, and we had a good day. But uh, and then yesterday, uh, we caught some good reds in the lakes yesterday, and they didn't really turn on for me yesterday till about oh about ten thirty, right? And I uh, got in, got in some good fish yesterday. So, um, anyway, it's, it's worked out the last two days, but boy, that wind got up yesterday. <laughs> yeah, oh man. Did. <laughs> well, they were but, calling you know, it for, you know, I never felt yeah. any 40 mile an hour gust at my house. You know, they were calling for that occasional gust up to 40, but it, uh, blew sustained pretty good. It was getting it. Yeah, it did. And, uh, it did get up one time. I don't think it got up to 40, but it, it, it did blow. And I told my customers, I said, well, there's the wind, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> it was definitely blowing, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it still was, it was bad, but it wasn't that bad, mm. but you know, it's, it's hard to tell back in those lakes because the land kind of, kind of protects you a little bit. Right. But, uh, but still, I mean, we're, we're drifting in about two feet of water. So, you know, that, that makes a big difference. Yeah, those bull tides sure help for that kind of fishing, that backwater fishing. A lot oh, of people yeah, live sure. for this time of year to get these big tides, these king tides, they call them, and get back oh, yeah. up in there where you normally can't get. Yeah. <clears throat> I was playing some of those reds yesterday looking at what they had in their stomachs, and, and oh, my goodness, you know, they've been up in those those lakes rooting around. and You know, they had everything in their, in their stomachs, you know, shrimp, little crabs. They had... They'd been rooting around up there where they couldn't get to, you know, right. normally. So they they had everything in their stomachs. 
And uh, yeah, my cousin get up there in that spartana grass and everything, get those little baby crabs out of there and just vacuum clean them. Oh, oh yeah, their stomachs were full. Boy, I mean, they were just bloated, you know. But uh, it was kind of funny, Friday. Uh, my customer said, uh, "Well, there comes a, a, a boat uh, coming right toward us. They're, they're fishing right toward us." I said, "No, that's a crabber. You know, <laughs> he's running his crab traps." And they said, "Really?" Well, they flagged him down. They bought some crabs off of him. <laughs> you know? Is that right? And boy, oh, they were nice, big old blues. You know, big old blue crabs, all males. So uh, that, they were nice. But uh, but anyway, oh, it's been a, it's been a good couple of days, and uh, I got today today off, man. I'm I'm kind of resting. Yes, it sure is good to sleep in today. Well, but uh, man. Been uh, we had a busy weekend. I tell you what, there was. I know there was at least two tournaments going on yesterday. Yeah, there a lot was of uh, in several in Matagorda too. I mean, it just uh, these tournaments hadn't slowed down none. I went by Froggy's yesterday morning in the dark, and uh, boy, the boats are lined up on that south side of the intercoastal. They're waiting on, uh, <clears throat> I guess, waiting on the time to take off. And uh, I passed them up, and I thought, oh, boy, I want to get ahead of this, all, all those go-fast boats. And sure enough, man, I was back in the lakes, and, boy, I heard them running down that intercoastal, smoking down that intercoastal. Here comes NASCAR. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I guarantee you. I can just imagine. Well, I'm glad I outran that. That was always cool with Trout Masters because everybody went out mm-hmm. of the harbor in Matagorda and it's intercoastal both ways, whether you're going east or west. And, man, it's just, uh, well, what a free-for-all. Same thing in Port O'Connor. Oh. <laughs> oh, I remember the old Trout Masters days. Oh, Lord. You know, oh, yeah. The shotgun starts, boy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that, that wouldn't be too wise these days. No, uh-uh. Back then, I think the fastest boat we had was Pathfinder, you know. And, yeah, Pathfinder and, uh, was the fastest boat then, you know, that yeah. uh, they put them big Yamahas on them and look out, here they come. Now they'd, oh, be, yeah. they'd be in back of the pack these days. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you better know it. I mean, you know, you, you see these boats with 450s on them, you know. 450Rs. Oh, Let's let her eat. <laughs> uh, boy, kick kick the throttle in and let it eat. <laughs> here oh, we go. Oh, man. And then you got some with twin 450s on them. I saw one here a while back like that. Yeah. I went, oh, my goodness, man. Man, we're just going fishing. I know it. You know, we were, yesterday we were all together, you know, all me and my old buddies out there on the bay, we were all together at, Sammy's house watching a game on the patio and before the game started we were we were talking boats the price of things nowadays you know for all aspects whether you know just in the inflationary state we're in boats will just blow your mind I mean I mean just a gar rig just you know something that I wouldn't buy is 85 or 90 grand and then something you would buy is anywhere from 130 to 250 $40,000. $40,000. Oh, absolutely. Yep. For a boat to go to go catch a wormy trout. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
well, I, you know, I blew my motor a year ago, and uh, and it was it was when the it was hard to get a motor, and it took seven months for me to get a new motor. And uh, I mean, yeah, it, that was it all was that uh, post COVID stuff, man. Remember all the shortages yep. on parts? I mean, oh yeah, one little twenty five or thirty dollar part on an outboard, you had to leave your boat in the shop for like, you know, six, eight, nine months. Yeah, waiting on the part to get here. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It took took me seven months to get my motor, and uh, I, I know my motor. And you had were lucky. I knew I knew some guys that were waiting twelve, fourteen months to get one. I know. Well, I was at the fishing show, and uh, you know, customers were coming by the booth and and trying to book trips. And I said, "Man, I I don't even know when my motor's coming in." And uh, my dealer called me while I was at the fishing show and told me, "He said, hey, your motor's in Florida, and it's going to be here Wednesday." And I went, "Oh my goodness!" You know, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. Oh. I finally got my motor. But, uh, yeah, I was real lucky. And uh, this one dealer told me, he said, uh, he said I've, I've got 23 uh, Suzuki's on order. And he said, you'll get the first 250 that comes in. And I said, okay, all right. And uh, it came in. I mean, he had a waiting list, people wanting motors. Uh-huh. And uh, well, as soon as that motor hit, the, hit his shop, it was on my boat. And, uh, man, I mean, I... <laughs> I just thank the Lord it was it was on my boat and I was I was back on the water, but uh, uh, they were hard to come by. Motors were hard to come by then. Yes, it was incredible. And you know what happened was my motor. I was my last trip of the year, and I was going to pull my props. I had a TRP on it, and I was going to pull the props, and I was going to send them to Louis get him to rework my props while I was deer hunting. And I was going to leave the very next day to go to Johnson City and, and guide deer hunting. And uh, I, I pulled up to this dealership here in town, and, and we walked around the back of my boat, and, and we were going to pull the props and send them to Louie. And uh walked around the back, back of my boat, and it was all c- coming out of the cowling. Oh, no. Went, oh, this isn't good. This is not good. And, you know, when I was coming in that morning, the motor – I felt it run just a little bit rough, but it didn't run bad. Well, I I had two cylinders that that uh, had lost pressure, and uh, but it just I, I didn't really feel like it ran that bad, but uh, it did. And my motor was ten years old, but I only had fourteen hundred hours on it, and uh, we don't put that many hours on a motor here. We don't run that far. Yeah. You know, it's not like running out of Matagorda. I mean, those guys run. They put a lot of hours on their motors. Uh, we don't run that far here. I mean, we may, you know, run out to the hump and back or, you know, something like that. Uh, but um, anyway, I didn't. I only had 1,400 hours. That motor shouldn't have blown, but it did. No, that's really not uh, many hours these days, the way these motors no. are built. No. I mean, back in the day, we were lucky to get three or four hundred hours out of an engine. I know, and you know, I I put uh, stable in in that motor every time I fill the gas up, and um, and and ethanol ate the rubber out of the fuel pump, and I mean, it did one time, and uh, 
and I, I put that that ethanol ethanol ate that rubber out of my fuel pump. It'll I do it. A, Look what it took, does to the fuel lines that have that liner in them. I mean, I, know I think it. just about everybody quit using those liner infused uh, fuel hoses because. Well, of that. I had the right I had the right hoses too. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't the hoses, and uh, no, it was, it was the just liner. the ethanol itself breaking down the rubber. That's exactly right. Starts and, uh, pitting and out, you know just uh, comes apart. I took off out of the marina and you know pushed my throttle down, and it was like the uh, fuel filter was clogged. Right, and uh, the motor just won't, it wouldn't wouldn't want to get up on top. Would break it, over. It, right, finally broke over and got up, and I fished all day and and did fine. And uh, I took it in the shop when I got back and. Uh, and they said, well, you know, I figured it was a fuel filter. Well, cleaned it and everything. And a couple of days later, same thing happened. And I took it in, and the and, uh, mechanic said, check this out. And that fuel filter was just black. Well, uh, he said, you know, what it is, he said, that ethanol ate that rubber out of that, out of that fuel pump. Mm. I said, you got to be kidding me. Well, the manufacturer did not did not honor it, did not cover it. So I had to eat that. And, um, but that ethanol is what did it. And I mean, I, I religiously added that additive to it. Every yeah, I time use, I, I use Startron, you know, pretty much basic same thing you're using with, you know, right. with your additive and it, well, it's good. It, it displaces water, keeps the fuel fresh. If your boat sits up for any period of time and it keeps injectors clean and, all your fuel mm-hmm. system, but it, uh, as far it, it doesn't deter the ethanol breakdown that, that occurs in these engines with it just, right. Uh, that was well, a run, bright idea from our, uh, politicians, you know, wasn't it? well, I run ethanol free now. That's all I run. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to get around here. You have to get out of the, you know, get out of town basically to buy non-ethanol fuel. Yeah. Well, it's, it's more expensive, which is a joke, you know, Yeah. but, uh, I mean, it's $4 a gallon here. Yep. Pay me but, now or pay me later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of like the old Fram oil filter commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Let me knock this break out, Lynn. I'll come back to you, man. Hang with me. I'll be right All back. Right, man. All right, you're listening to The Outdoor Show. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It is 518 here in the Bayou City. Captain Lynn Smith, we are back, my friend. Yeah, man. Uh, we were talking about that gasoline. I, I remember, remember when they came out with unleaded fuel. You know, yeah. and uh, I, I thought this was funny. I was married, and uh, I remember they had a, a panel, and they were discussing why unleaded gas costs more than leaded. And, yeah, uh, they had, right. They had, this, they had this guy on the hot seat, and uh, they were asking him why the unleaded was so much more expensive. And he said, well, it's an expensive process to take the lead out of the gasoline. And I sat up in bed. And I, I, I thought they added lead to gasoline back in the day. They did, and, I, and, I, <laughs> and my wife said, "Well, it probably is expensive." I said, "You don't take lead out of gasoline; you add it to it." <laughs> and, and oh man, I mean, and and nobody even questioned that guy. Mm. Nobody even questioned him. That panel thought thought that you you took the lead out of gasoline. Right. I went, oh, my God. I mean, that's what we're dealing with here, you know. Yep. Remember they had the old, you know, the old pumps, you know, no knock. Uh Uh-huh. No pre-ignition. You know, higher octane with lead, the old no knock. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, when I went to work, uh, the company sent me over to Norway to work, and they shipped my Jeep over there for me. And, uh, well, they didn't have uh, uh, unleaded over there, so... I, I took the catalytic converter off and and just, you know, everything, all the pump and everything. Well, I got it over there. The uh, the lowest octane gas they had over there was 93. Boy, and, uh, boy I mean, uh, when my Jeep came in, this Norwegian called me at the office. He said, uh, Mr. Smith, <laughs> y- your, your Jeep is here. <laughs> I said, my what? He <laughs> said, your Jeep. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. So I went and picked it up. Boy, you, you couldn't ship it with, with more than about an eighth of a tank of gas in it. Right. So boy, I immediately went to a service station, and and they had like 93 up up to about 98 octane. And, boy, I, put a, I filled it up with 98 octane, and that Jeep would jump up and click its back wheels together. I mean, <laughs> it ran like you wouldn't believe, man, with that 98 octane, you know, with lead in it. Man, that Jeep would run. Boy, that was something. They'd run up and down those hills like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I bet. Whew, man. But anyway, it was uh, that was something. But anyway, uh, no, anyway, when I finally uh, got my new outboard, I was uh, I was back on the water and and back in business, man. I, I was happy to get it get it going. But there were, like you said, there were people that went a lot of months with uh, without a motor, 
I'm telling and, you. Uh, and I saw a lot of boats around town for sale with no motors on them. And I know you probably saw the same thing around yes. Galveston and everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of boats and I'm for still, sale right now. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a friend of mine who's got a got a, a boat that uh, he had an old E-Tech on it. And, you know, it, it cratered on him. And uh, he said, man, I need to sell my boat. And he said, I need a new motor. But he said, uh, I need to sell the boat. And I said, yep, you need to. It's a good boat. And uh, but but you need a new motor, period. So anyway, I think there's a lot of that going around. There is. But it's, uh, you know, a lot of guys are kind of wising up. They, they've got a boat sitting there that's paid for, but they want something new. Basically, really what they want is new power on it, a new engine. And yep. uh, a lot of them are fixing up those old boats and keeping them because they're in such good shape and putting new new engines on them. Well, you figure these the boat has no wood in it. It's all composite and uh, nothing to rot, so why not put a motor on it? But, you know, you figure a new motor is going to cost you probably minimum 25000 Right. On up. I, I mean, remember my first man. guide boat was 4800 bucks drive out, tax, title, and license, trailer and all. Didn't have something. Now look at them. That's I mean, what a trailer costs now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're lucky to get out of there with that. Well, yeah. But just basically, you know, you can, that's all you can get for your five grand now is, is a boat trailer. Mm-hmm. I had a customer one day ask me, he said, uh, what, what does a, a boat like yours cost? I said, what do you think? He said, about 35000 I said, you've <laughs> got to be kidding me. You better think again. That's laughable. I said, it is. It is. I said, you can't get in a boat like mine today. For under $100,000. You just can't do it. No yeah. way. No way. By the time you start putting a trolling motor, electronics, you know, GPS, T-top, you start adding the extras, you know, power pole, uh, everything starts adding up. And by the time you trick it out, you're, you're over $100,000. Easily. So it's a lot cheaper to go with a guide than it is to have a boat. It really is. It's a it's a hole in the water you throw money in, you know. If you're only going to fish once once a month or or twice a month, it's much cheaper to go with a guide. Believe me. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. I saw I yeah. saw a deal on the news the other day where the average car payment now is a thousand dollars a month. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now that you said, I, I was talking to a, a girl. I ran into a, a girl I know here in town, and and uh, I ran into her at the Speedy Stop a couple of days ago. And uh, she bought a a demo. Now you know for about uh, it had five thousand miles on it, and you know they run them as a demo and then they sell them. Right. And um, she bought it as a demo, and uh, she said, "Well, I really didn't want to." Uh, a uh, car payment, but I, I got it. We got one and all that. And I said, well, how much, uh, not being too personal, but what, what kind of payment are you looking at? And, uh, she, she's paying, uh, 900 a month. That's what she's paying. That's not even counting insurance. How about that? No, 
No. And the price and the to drive like, these days, unbelievable. And for like five years, a five-year yeah. note. Oh my goodness! I think I'll just <laughs> drive my truck till the wheels fall off. That's what know? I'm going to do with mine. When I bought it, I said this is the last one. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't got, drive like I used to. I don't. I don't pile up the mileage like I used to. No, we don't. No, no, we don't in much. Well, you drive. You drive a lot of miles in Houston. I guarantee. Well, you. I did. Did you know? Till I got the studio at home deal. You know, here in Baytown, a friend of mine's yeah. uh, building. He gave me a gave me a space where I can put in a real nice studio, and that's what I did. And that, that was really nice, you know, when COVID came along then, uh, cause we, you know, we just didn't, weren't allowed in our building up there. So it saved my oh. bacon. Oh man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You looked out there. Well, man, uh, are y'all catching any good trout up there? Did that red man, tide? There, you know, there's a decent one caught every now and then. You know, nothing to write home about, but uh, lots of little fish, kind of like what y'all are going through, and Matagord is going, yeah. you know, everybody. I mean, we're just, everybody's rebuilding right now. Yeah. I talked to uh, Parks and Wildlife yesterday. Uh, they were doing a survey at the ramp, you know, and I came in and uh, had a pretty good little talk with this young man, and uh, same deal. Now, we lucked out. The red tide didn't get up here to right. us but uh you know it looks like y'all got affected pretty bad yeah west uh, of us you know west of galveston right and, uh, yeah toward freeport and right and uh, matagorda area killed a bunch of fish looked like it did but, uh, i know years ago we Guess had, we we had a lot of red tide <laughs> more <laughs> more dead fish <laughs> isn't that the truth isn't that something but uh, I, I I talked to quite a few people that um, you know even looked at the surf and all that. Nobody nobody saw any red tide around here, so that was mm. good. Always didn't see any, didn't smell any, so that that's a good thing. You know, the morning when red. I was talking to Bob Green up at Fayette County, he was talking about you know they were out on the lake and fishing was tough. You know, all the bass that they caught were you know out in real deep water. But he sent me some pictures yesterday, and uh, that dead smell he was smelling, well, they all came up, and it's dead shad all over the lake. So I guess that lake turned over. And mm-hmm. uh, But in the photos, it's all shad. I don't see any, any bass or tilapia or, you know, perch or anything like that, catfish. Yeah. Mm. So hopefully that'll... But, you know, it's that time of year, you know, with a depletion of oxygen and in the water and then that algae, you know, grows oh, yeah. to extreme and causes all these different scenarios. And Oh, yeah. You know, and you hear from a lot of these guys that go, well, man, what do we save all these fish for when Mother Nature can just roll in here and kill all of them? And, <laughs> well, she well, doesn't kill all of them, but uh, without conservation, we'd really be in trouble. That's right. You know, due to environmental events and everything else, it just that's right. Well, you gotta you gotta conserve them. There's no doubt about that. 
I mean, you know, that's why we we catch and release, you know. Right. Just like managing a deer ranch. I mean, at least yep. fishing, you have the uh, the luxury of uh, being able to fool it and catch it, reel it in, and uh, release it. And when you're yep. hunting, when you pull the trigger, there's no uh, releasing anything. That's correct. That's correct. And uh, I'm uh, I'm ready to start pulling the trigger, you know. I am too, uh, man. I've been uh, watching a lot of outdoor channel stuff and uh all the duck hunting and deer hunting going on i'm ready to i'm ready to roll <laughs> yeah yeah i am too they uh you know they're doing the surveys and such as that doing the flyovers at the ranch and and mm. uh getting ready you know uh they've had uh some hunters had some hunters last weekend um just doing um you know, they shot a one doe and and, a, and an old eight pointer. You know, but that's that's all they've taken off that that place at George West so far. Right. So that's that's good. And uh, but we've got some hunts coming up in November, and uh, starting in November. So it's it's good. We're gonna we're gonna do some some management hunts and uh, take some of these eight pointers off, and uh, that'll uh, that'll be good get these eight pointers off before the rut really kicks in. Sure. Cause the rut really starts in November, um, mid, mid to late November. And then uh, of course it really kicks off, uh, mid December, mm-hmm. you know, December 15th is really the peak of the rut there. Yeah. And, and that's the hardest thing for people to understand about the rut. It's so sporadic. It's just like, you know, fish spawning, not all of them spawn at the same time and not all the does come in at the same time. Right. Right. But all the right. bucks are rearing and ready year round. <laughs> They're ready to oh, service. Yeah. They're ready to work. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you always the see luxury the young of being first. a big old buck, man. Yeah. And the, the young ones first, you know, you see those young ones, boy, they're, sure. they're excited, boy, and they're chasing those does like crazy, and the does don't have anything to do with them. Kind of reminds and, uh, you of Gillies back in the day, doesn't it? it yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hang on. Let me knock this break out. I'll be right back, buddy. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Boyd's One Stop. They're the home of the supercharged, super slimy powerhouse croakers, located right at the base of the Texas City Dyke, 227 Dyke Road. If you're looking for quality live bait for your next fishing trip, look no farther than Boyd's. From their tanks to your live well, that bait's as good as it can possibly be. There's no better way to live your bait than with their oxygen response system. Check them out on display firsthand there at the store. All their different size bottles with all the diffusers, regulators, they refill your bottles right there at the store. If you need more info, call Jason Cogburn, 281-701-8107 for more information. And check out all their wild-caught guff shrimp. They've got seafood abundant there, 912s, 1618s, whatever you want. Boyd's has usually got it. And check out their Cajun Grill next door. Call them at 409-945-4001 or go to boydsonestop.com. And when you do, please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. 537 here in the Bayou City. All right, Lynn, we're back, my friend. 
Yeah, buddy. Well, I'm a, I'm gonna try to get down, try to get down to the ranch in a couple of weeks and scout some, and uh, find out where these these big eight pointers are. Right. But uh, and get ready. You know, I'm fired up. I like getting down there and seeing these big deer. But um, but you know these like like we were talking about the rut these um, these younger bucks you start seeing them chasing the does, and the does don't have anything to do with them. You know. But they're running from them, and uh, right, they're just kind of in season a little bit, but they're not ready yet. You know, it's just like no, a dog. No. There's only a few days in there that they will allow to be bred. Oh sure, yeah, exactly. And uh, but they'll run from them like crazy. But uh, but anyway, it's amazing. You know, when the rut is really on, uh, you see bucks come out of the woodwork that you've never seen, never seen uh, ever. That's, Even on uh, the trail cameras, you know, yeah. uh, it, it, it amazes me. I mean, you know, like where six come? point I shot that year. Nobody had ever seen that deer. We'd never seen or even heard of that deer. And, right. Uh, trail cams or by other hunters or anything. And he just walked yeah. out in a big old pile of does on one Sendera. All the other bucks are down on the other end. And, uh, we're looking and. That's all does down there. And then all of a sudden I look down there and I go, that's a buck. You know, I could see the body walk out. And then we put the glasses on him and said, man, that's a shooter. We got to take uh-huh. that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's amazing. I mean, where do they come from, you know? Yeah. And I mean, they just, they they just come out of nowhere. They on the ranch next to that one and never even come over there. But there was a. Uh, a semi-hot dough or whatever in that big old pile of them down that Sendera, and he decided he was going to get in there amongst them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was a there was a deer that uh, that I really wanted to take, or one of my customers to take, and uh, and he was crossing over the fence back and forth across the fence, and because uh, this this that rancher George West a low fence, and uh, the the ranch on the other side. Uh, the guy that owns it, uh, they're bow hunters. And, uh, mm-hmm. so they were trying to get this deer too. And, uh, anyway, they, they're real good people. And, uh, so this, this young man, he was trying to kill this deer too. Well, every time he was trying to get it, it'd be on our side. And, uh, and then we were trying to get it, it'd be on the other side. It, this deer was back and forth, back and forth. Well, um, the ranch manager, he, we had two tripods, uh, at this one uh, protein feeder where this deer was hanging out. We had these two tripods uh, sticking up in this big mesquite tree. And um, so the ranch manager was up there one day with one of the customers, and, and he said uh, they were all camoed up and everything, and he said this huge 10-point came out right by the tripods. He said walked out right underneath them. He said that's the biggest 10-point he'd ever seen on the ranch. <laughs> Uh-huh. And he said it walked out, and they passed him up because they were waiting on this other buck. Oh, and, no. Uh, oh, yeah, and that buck didn't show up. But he said that 10-point was massive, you know, just massive. Bird in the and, hands uh, worked two in the bush, brother. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I sat in a stand uh, not too far from there one morning and had a 14-point come out that was a big 14 in fact, I, I took pictures of him. He was right by my stand, um, and he was racking the brush and making a scrape, and he was he was really doing everything. And uh, oh, he was he was a pretty deer, and I, I never saw him again. 
and uh, I don't think anybody shot him, but he uh, he was sure marking his territory. And uh, he was a heavy horn 14. Man, oh, man. Just some a them, straight 14. Some of them big boys like that are like ghosts. They are. One, one shot at them, you know? Oh, oh yeah. And, and they just, you're right, they're like ghosts, and they just disappear. You know, we had one like that at Blaine's one time. He and I were uh, going to go back uh, in the main ranch there to fill a feeder, and right when we got to this gap gate there by the water water hole, I was fixing to get out of the truck to open the gate for Blaine, and uh, we saw this huge deer just pop up out of nowhere. And, I mean, big, huge body, and his horns were huge and super wide, yard rake wide, man. And when he stuck his head down to go under a bush running off, I mean, we just, we were, we were just astounded. And, uh, we hunted that deer for two years. We could, we named him Bullwinkle. It looked like a moose, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, nobody ever saw that deer ever again, ever. Mm. That was in the middle of the day. Yeah. We saw I, uh, I saw one like that too. Uh, that was amazing. I was going to a feeder to uh, to fill a feeder one one day, middle of the day, and uh, I came around the corner, uh, and when I turned the corner, this buck was underneath the feeder, and he was like that big old wide horn buck, and boy, he took off running to the other side of this this field, and I slammed on the brakes and grabbed my binoculars, and I'm I'm just sitting there watching him. And uh, like you say, he looked like Bullwinkle, you know, big, oh. wide horns, tall yes. times. And he ran to the other side of the field, and and he just stopped underneath these the brush. He was in the brush and the shadows, and I could see him in the shade. And he just stood there in the shade watching me. And I watched that deer lay down. He laid down in the shadows. And I went, well, you old rascal, you. And I just sat there watching him. He laid down in the shadows, and I never saw him get up. And I'll guarantee you that deer crawled off. I'll guarantee you. Just laid I never down saw and him. crawled. Uh-huh. He crawled off and, and got away. But he never ran. He never jumped up and ran off. I'll guarantee you. Amazing. Yeah, and we, I never saw him again at that feeder. But, boy, they're smart. They are smart, you know. They don't get big by being stupid. You know? No, they don't. Man, man. I read an article one time uh, uh, in a magazine about a, a photographer, and he he crawled up in a tree on a pipeline uh, to take pictures, and he said there was a big ten point walked out in the middle of the day and laid down in this pipeline. And... Uh, he said he took pictures of that deer, and he thought, man, this is awesome. You know, he, he was taking pictures of the deer. About that time, uh, a, a survey truck pulled up uh, on the pipeline. Two guys get out, and uh, one of the guys walked out in the pipeline. Within probably 10 yards, 10 or 15 yards from that buck with the <laughs> stick, sat there and hollering back and forth to the surveyor, and they were doing surveying, talking back and forth. The buck never got up. They surveyed and then put everything back in the truck and drove off. And the buck got up and just walked off. 
<laughs> yeah. They never knew he was there. They he said, knew he they were there, but my... he knew they were probably harmless and uh, just laid up. No, he wasn't probably in any danger. Probably so. Incredible. Probably so. When I was married, uh, my uh, my old mother in law had a had a ranch out at uh, El Dorado, and uh, I was out there riding on the ranch with her, and she said, she said there's a there's a buck on this on this one pasture that I don't let anybody hunt out here. And this, uh, this is my breed buck out here. He's 16 points. Mm. And, uh, so we're riding around one morning drinking coffee and she said, he's usually ra- hangs around right here. And I said, stop, stop. And she stopped the truck and I said, uh, there he is right there. I said, there was a tree laying down and you could see his rack behind that tree sticking up over that tree. And I said, look at that. Look, his horns are sticking up over that old dead tree. And all of a sudden, those horns started raising up real slow. And he peeked up over that dead tree at us, and then he just lowered his horns down real like slow. a mule deer, man, laying in the, mm-hmm. laying in the tall grass. Yep, <laughs> thinks, that's right. Thinks he's hidden. Yeah, that's exactly right. He was you laying know, down we used to dead tree. hunt out of a high rack during the rut, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I was hunting with uh, Terry and Wayne one time. We were in Mexico, and this big old buck, he thought he was hiding. He was on a hot doe, and we saw him, and he ducked off the sendera. The doe stayed out there, and we idled that suburban with a high rack right up to that doe and stopped, and we looked down, and he's right off the edge of the road, hunkered down, thinking, you know, we couldn't see him. And, you know, if you hadn't been in the high rack, you'd have drove right by that deer. You'd have never seen it. Right. He just thought, well, hey, I'm safe right here. And he was he was all hunkered down in that brush. And uh, mm-hmm. just plain as day, we're looking down on him going, my goodness. They didn't take him, but he was a good one. I'd have shot him. Oh, yeah. But they were looking oh, yeah. for something else. <laughs> I guarantee you how to put that deer on my wall, man. <laughs> yeah, we've all seen one like that. I guarantee yes. you. I guarantee you. Yeah, I've seen them. Um, I had a hunter that passed up a deer that I guarantee you I'd have hung on my wall any day, <laughs> you know. And I looked at him. I said, you don't want to shoot that deer? He went, oh, well, you think he's a good one? I went, oh, do I think? No doubt about it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Some people just don't know what they're passing up, you know. No, well, they just don't know. They don't know deer. No, no. You know, like you do. and. No, that's right. I mean, I mean I'm, I, I'm with a guy, and he goes, man, that's a shooter. Hey, yeah. he'll hear that safety click off. I'm going for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a management hunter that passed up an eight-pointer that, that uh, you know, about a 150 class eight-point, mm. you know. I mean, you get the 150 class eight-pointer, that's a, that's a that's heck huge. of an eight-pointer. He's going I mean, down. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... I saw an eight eight point that um, an old boy killed on a on a ranch not too far from us. Scored one sixty eight. Now My that's a goodness. That's a real nice eight point. Trust me. You know one sixty eight. Shoot point. one about twenty years ago off his ranch. It was in the one seventies an eight pointer. Mm-hmm. I think he got in a book with it. I'll I have think to look so. that up. But it was it was a while back. But man, you you just. That's what dreams are made of. You know, a natural eight-point like that in the 170s. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my goodness! Have a yeah. heart attack. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a, a a big eight point is a beautiful deer. You know they are. I mean, it's, yeah, it's the ultimate to me. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's that's my last one to put on the wall is a big big eight. That's what I want. Yeah. I don't have one. Yeah. And you know, like like this place at George West, uh, we I've seen some really good eight pointers and. And some of these hunters, they don't want to kill an eight, you know. They're after a ten or a twelve. Yeah. And uh, and I'm going, guys, you're crazy, man. You know, you see a big eight, big solid eight. Oh man, I'd take a big eight. That's eight, a true right? trophy, man. It is. It is. I mean, I've I've killed a lot of eight pointers in my life, but uh, I'll take a big eight any day. Yes, sir. You know, I shot a. An eight pointer is a cull. I, I told you one day on the ranch, just because we needed to take a bunch of eight pointers, and he he wasn't a trophy, but he was twenty inches wide, mm. and uh, he didn't have tall tines. But that deer, that deer weighed two thirty five on the hoof. You know, he didn't have an ounce of fat on him because he was running does so hard and fighting but, and everything else. Yeah. He made pointers get mean. That's that one I killed last year that was twenty inches wide with you know not. He was a bully buck, and he was mm-hmm. old, and he was uh, he was wreaking, you know, holy terror on all the other deer around there. And Blaine said, you see that deer come out? We called him the buckskin buck because he had two different colors of, you know, he had the gray and then all that buckskin down his back and his side. Really mm-hmm. cool-looking hide on him. Beautiful deer. Oh, yeah. He just didn't, he didn't score well. He's real wide. Boy, he was mean. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he came out, and I, I rolled him. Blaine was so happy I got rid of that buck because he was running all the good ones off. He was old and mean, boy. He was oh, yeah. Yeah, we had one that, um, uh, a cull that I shot that uh, had one horn. He had five points on, you know, big, long times. Uh-huh. But the other other side, he had one horn that swept around, just one big dagger, you know, came around. Well, he was dangerous, you know. Yeah, he was. Boy, he could hurt I mean, another he, deer big time. Oh, big time, big time. And uh, and I popped him. I mean, uh, there was another big 10 there that was scared of him, you know. He he backed away from me. He wouldn't have anything to do with him. And uh, anyway, I, I shot him because he was a cull. And uh, do you know what? A couple of years later, I found his shed. I found that big dagger shed. So and, he was uh, the same the following year as he yes, was the year previous. He, Isn't that something? He was. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't well, believe it. Some of these deer don't change. I mean, they are what they are. They'll stay that way. That's right. That's right. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe I found that shed. Um, and it was Maybe. funny because I, where I parked the truck and I, I went, went to get the truck, uh, one morning and found that shed, uh, where I'd parked the truck. I said, well, I'll be darned this. There's that, that deer shed. And, uh, it was exactly like, like, the, like the other one's horns. And, uh, I mean, he was a big deer, big old deer when I shot him. Now he was probably five and a half or better when I shot him. He was a big body deer, but boy, howdy. I shot him. He ran off and he just piled up in the middle of this big old bush, <laughs> I had to go get this buddy of mine to come over and help me get him out of this bush. He was just piled up in this big bush. Man. And, uh, oh, man, he was a big old buddy deer. 
But uh, anyway, we drug him out of there. I thought I was going to have to get a Jeep hook on to him and drag yeah, him out. and drag him out, yeah. Yeah. That's, he was probably going to oh, make yeah. a turn, and he just run out of blood and just. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> he just fell dead right there and piled up in the brush. So That's it. That before, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've seen it all, I guarantee you that. And them other ones, you think, you know, that's that's a big, huge body deer, and you, and you shoot him through the shoulders to break him down so he don't run far, and he just yeah. falls dead right there in the Sendera. Just yeah, you know. I normally I normally you know on a, on a big deer I normally pop him right behind the shoulder, you know, just make a lung shot on him. But mm-hmm. but uh, you do that, they'll run off though. And, uh, yes. But you're right. If it's a big trophy, your best best to shoot them through the shoulders you know high shoulder shot man they'll fall in their tracks almost every single time break them down but you know i I tell people you know when these deer like early in the season when they're fat and everything they got a lot of fat on them Mm -hmm. we're we're shooting these big deer with uh, seven mags and 300 mags and the bullet lodges under the skin on the other side it doesn't yeah won't even come out the other side exactly no Uh uh-uh and people go oh come on no, it it doesn't blow out the other side. So, you you got to knock these deer down because yes. they're, they're not going to run off and leave a blood trail. That's not going to happen. Nope. So you, you better knock him down right there because we we clean this deer. I skin a deer out, and I I take that bullet uh, bullet out of the skin on the other side, and I go, "Here's your bullet." They go, "You're kidding! It didn't exit." So I go, "Nope, it didn't exit. Here it is." I've done that several times, and you can take that same bullet and put it back in the cartridge with it mushroom like that. The, yeah. the back end of that bullet's exactly the same size. You can push it right back in the cartridge. Yeah, of course it's mushroom, but yeah, but yeah, the back end's still still good. It's amazing, three hundred mag or seven mag, and <laughs> yeah, at, at about a hundred yard shot. Yeah. Hey, these darn deer are tougher than people think. Why? Oh, absolutely. Especially oh, in South Texas, whitetails. I mean, to just live through the summers they live through down there. With no water and all that heat and everything and no foliage. And they yeah. get all, you know, fatted up for the rut, and they're just big, just muscular, huge deer. And, yeah, and I sent you, I think I sent you a picture of that uh, leg of that of that uh, deer that had been bit by the rattlesnake. I yes, you I remember that. I mean, they, they, they live through... Pretty tough times down there, like, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, oh. it. Uh, I mean, I I don't know if I'd want to be a, a deer in South Texas. No, I, first but, time uh, I've ever. You know, and I've seen it when it gets real cold down there. Those deer don't want to come out and move. They lay up. They don't. They don't oh, like sure. that real harsh cold. No. You know, like those twenty-five no. degree windy, misty mornings. They won't come out. No. But that afternoon, you know, I, they'll be running around like rats. You know, I was used to hunting up in uh, East Texas, and the first time I ever hunted South Texas uh, was down in Raymondville. And man, I got down in Raymondville with some buddies. And I went, man, how's a deer survive down here? I mean, look yeah. at this. <laughs> but then a big old buck would walk out in the Sendera, and you go, oh my God, look at this. Yeah, look at the size. Look at the size of these deer. I'm telling you, it's hard to believe. I wasn't used to that. All right, boy, I'm. I'm out of time already, bud. If somebody wants to call you about coming down to Port O'Connor fishing with you or, or booking a hunt with you, how do they get a hold of you, man? Man, they can get me at uh, 
All right. We're down to the days till opening day. <laughs> it's coming. Oh, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling All you. Right, brother. It's your, it, uh, oh, I meant to tell you, boy, I saw a lot of ducks. Uh, Friday, we saw a yeah. lot. I saw some oh, big I heard ducks. some. I heard some speckle bellies last night with his front too. Oh, really? Yeah. How about well, that? I saw a lot of big ducks Friday. Yeah. Good. Saw some redheads and we and I saw some widgeons. There you go. Bring them. So um, it's happening, man. We're we're in fall. <laughs> yes, fall has arrived. All right, man. It has. All right, man, man. Have a good Sunday. I'll talk to you next week. Be safe, brother. All right, you too. See you, man. Have a good one, man. All right, that's Captain Lynn Smith down in Port O'Connor. Time for our top-of-the-hour break and the national anthem. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 